Let's pray together. Lord, we are so blessed. I don't know why you poured out your blessings upon us, but I'm surely glad you have. And we all are. And this, our church family, is one of our many blessings in life. We thank you for each one. I thank you for those youth and children. And I pray, Lord, that, that you would hold them dearly. That nothing in this world would ever snatch them away from you. But they would, would walk with you and believe in you. And be the next generation of believers. They are that generation now. And they're making a difference in our church and in our community. And we thank you for them. So bless them and their families. Give them strength. Give their parents conviction to stand strong and to raise their children in the faith. Lord, we just thank you so much for that blessing and many others. We, we thank you for the very oldest member of Stewart Presbyterian Church, those who have served this church for many years and have given us a place to come home to. We thank you so much. We thank you for your word. Lord, speak to us today through your word. Just uh, use us for your glory and for your kingdom. In Christ's holy name. Amen. Let me read from uh, Colossians 3. I'm going to read verses uh, 12 through 17. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And then above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Amen. Well, today is the final day of our ugly Christmas sweater series. And thus far, we've wrestled with uh, our thoughts, our words, our motives, and today we turn to our actions. And it's interestingly that, that Christmas is a time when I, when I think we often see the best of humanity and the worst of humanity. I mean, we celebrate the birth of our Savior with Advent candles and the singing of Christmas carols, and, and then the next day we might join in the line pushing and shoving for the newest iPhone or MacBook. Uh, one night we celebrate the birth of our Savior in a dimly lit room with candles and the singing of Silent Night. And the next day, Christmas Day, well, we despise some of our own relatives, people whom Jesus died for. Why do we do that? Well, that's because there's two natures warring against one another. One nature, our new nature in Christ, is inspired to love people, and it's inspired to live humbly. But there's an old sinful nature that, that 
worries only about self and it pushes others out of the way. It's an ongoing struggle. The war never ends this side of heaven. But we can win some battles. But we can make some progress. By the grace of God and His Holy Spirit working in us, we can take off those ugly action sweaters and treat others more Christ-like. You know, Christmas really is an interesting and sometimes crazy season. We were naming favorite carols this morning, and I said often mine would be like the chipmunks. It's just all happening so fast if, if I sing. And people do just crazy things in the name of Christmas. Recently, Jeanette and I once again uh, watched a little bit of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And the movie is, is when you get right down to it, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> and, and it's far-fetched. I mean, only Clark Griswold could have trees go through his window, fall off roofs and ladders, get stuck in the attic, have a squirrel in his Christmas tree, and then finally when all of his lights come on, he takes down the whole power grid in the, in the town, right? I think the most realistic part of that whole movie is that every one of us somewhere in our family tree has a cousin Eddie. <laughs> but outrageous is the point of that movie. And it's funny because beneath all that outrageous stuff is the truth of some of the extremes we go to for the glitz and the glamour of Christmas. There's something about this time of the year that causes us to reorient our lives around Christmas. Normally, rational people cover their homes in lights we buy too many gifts. We put up too many Christmas trees. And some of you are saying there's no such thing as too many. But we go to all sorts of extremes to keep traditions alive. Our schedules change. Our budgets change. Our attitudes change. And some of that's okay. But why not reorient our lives during this season to be more Christ-like? I mean, it is his birthday, after all, that we celebrate, right? And the Apostle Paul, he knew something about reorienting our lives. He knew how to reorient our lives around Christ. He went from being a persecutor of the early church to being the man who wrote almost half of the books in the New Testament. So maybe we should hear what the Apostle Paul had to say. Paul, in his letters, he's writing to churches uh, he established during his missionary journeys, or he's writing to leaders of those churches, like he's writing, in, in some cases, to Timothy or Titus. And in those later letters, he often gives a plea for those new believers in Christ to reorient their lives. It's a radical reorientation. It's a radical change that he's calling them to. Stephen Lawson writes about it in his book, It Will Cost You Everything. He writes, following Jesus means we no longer go our own way. We no longer follow the flow of the crowd. We begin to walk a new path that's headed in a new direction. We walk as Jesus walked and we imitate him. We start to obey the word of God as Jesus did while he was here on the earth. 
We love people as He loved, even those who are more difficult to love. We are to act as He acted and react as He reacted in each situation. Paul says it this way in Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do, everything you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. He's saying reorient your life in such a way that everything you do, whether in word or deed, can legitimately be done for the glory of God and can legitimately be done in the name of the Lord. Everything we do should be done in a manner that reflects the fact that we are grateful for all that God has done for us in Jesus. That's a radical reorientation, folks. And it's going to require taking off some ugly sweaters. Fortunately, Paul tells us what to put on instead of those sweaters. Colossians 3, beginning with the 12th verse, put on then as God's chosen ones, the ones that are holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And then above all these, or over all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Paul says, in effect, believers in Christ, you're God's chosen ones. You're holy and you're dearly loved. So it's time to take off those old ugly sweaters It's time to reorient your lives and to put on these beautiful garments. And the word translated put on or clothed is in duo. And in duo means to to sink into a garment, to really allow that garment to wrap around you. There's a sense here of intentionally putting on these new garments, this new way of life, this new way of oriented towards living in the name of Jesus and living in gratitude for Jesus. We must intentionally choose to live as Jesus lived. You and I don't just wake up each morning ready to do godly things necessarily. Just as we choose our daily outfits, and sometimes we spend hours choosing said outfits, we must be intentional about putting on Christ and His way of living. Have you ever been invited to a, a, a party, let's say, and, and you go to your closet, which, by the way, is packed with clothing, and, and you look all through it, and you throw up your hands, and you say, I've got nothing to wear. You walk away. You maybe stomp away. A little while later, you come back, and, and you start frantically moving stuff around in your closet. I mean, those hangers are zinging across the rods, right? You're looking for something. Again, you throw up your hands and say, I'm not going to the party. No way, no how, I'm not going. I have absolutely nothing to wear. Everything in my closet either makes me look fat or it's out of style or they saw me in it last year. I'm not going. You go, tell them I'm not going. You can tell them I'm sick. You can tell them the dog's sick. I don't care what you tell them. Just don't tell them I don't have anything to wear. 
Well, Paul says, I got something for you to wear. And you can wear it to every event in life. And it's never going to go out of style. And no matter how many times people have seen you in it, they're going to be glad to see you in it again. Paul says, why don't you grab that compassion top or shirt? It looks so nice on you. You know the one. It's the one that helps you see a situation from someone else's perspective. When you wear compassion, you're, you're less judgmental. And you just seem to want to serve others and to serve sacrificially. And that compassion top, it would sure look good with those kindness pants you have. You know the ones. The ones that are really comfortable for getting out and actually doing something kind for other people. Not those fancy pants that you're always trying to look good in. But the ones that you wear to mow a neighbor's yard. Or to buy groceries for a family in crisis. Put on those kindness pants. Those ones that are comfortable for sitting with a family when they've just received bad news or... They've lost a loved one. Also, it'd be a good idea for you to put on that humility camisole or t-shirt. You don't want to wear that outwardly as a badge of honor. I know then it wouldn't be humility. Put it on as an underlying mentality that models Christ by counting others more important than yourselves. And you know, it's a cold and harsh world out there, so why don't you put on those meekness or gentleness gloves? No, you're not a wimp. You don't need your boxing gloves to prove anything. We all know you're strong. But real strength is best demonstrated when you control power and you put on those gentleness gloves that are soft to the touch. Real power is, is demonstrated when you're willing to help someone who might be weak, who might be vulnerable in the moment. Th those, those meekness gloves, well, they just demonstrate that like Jesus, you're willing to step into another person's brokenness. And you know what? It, it'd be a good idea to put on those patience shoes Oh, not those ones with the hard bottoms that you like to tap sometimes or stomp sometimes in irritation. Not those. Those won't do. Put on those comfortable shoes that you can stand in for a while that will be long-suffering with people. I know they should be more spiritually mature. I know they've, they, they keep saying and doing hurtful things. I know you're tired of it. But please try slipping into that patience which allows you to love people who are hard to love and to serve people who are hard to serve. Try to walk in Jesus' sandals. Remember how patient he was with his disciples and the people he encountered? Oh, and while we're talking about patience, remember how the soldiers put a crown of thorns on Jesus? 
And the people mocked him as they crucified him. But one of Jesus' crowning moments was when he forgave them. So maybe you should wear your forgiveness hat more often. In fact, make it your go-to hat, your everyday hat, your old favorite. Get rid of some of those others. I mean, your wife says you have too many hats anyway. But why not wear your forgiveness hat every day? It goes with everything. Our world could surely stand to see the forgiveness of Christ modeled by his people. It seems precious few are, are wearing forgiveness hats these days. And, and then here's the way you want to complete the whole outfit. Put on that love cardigan or sweater or blazer. Love really brings it all together. It, it binds the whole outfit together in perfect harmony. And love is, is a lot more than just a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's, it's more than a sentiment. You're, you're going to want to put that love into action. It's going to cost you something. But remember, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And we tore off His outer garment. And we nailed Him to a cross. But that was His plan all along. Because he loved us, and he loves us still. Well, I don't know about you, but I need to go home to my closet or my dresser. As my grandma used to say, I need to do some ridden out. I've got some old ugly shirts. And pants, and t-shirts, and gloves, and shoes, and sweaters, I need to dispose of. And I don't need to take them to my friend's closet or Goodwill. I need to throw them in the garbage. I need to take them straight over to the transfer station. Because I need to make room for some beautiful and handsome Christmas clothing, actually clothing that I can wear every day. Ones that never get old, like compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness and love. And I can't do this on my own. You see, when it, when it comes to that old nature, those old nature garments, I'm, I'm a bit of a hoarder. I try to hold on to it. Like Paul said in Romans, I do not understand my own actions. I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. I need help. I need to call on the Holy Spirit to help me, to give me the ability to put on Christ. And maybe you need help putting on Christ in those new garments as well. So could we pray together this morning? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we need help. As you know full well, there is a war going on between our old nature and our new nature in Christ. 
like Paul, sometimes we, we just can't seem to do the good that we want to do. We're so broken, Lord, that sometimes we're just left shaking our heads and, and asking why. Lord, why did I say that? I know better. Why did I do that? I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. So, Holy Spirit, would you come and help us? Please come and help us put on Christ and His garments of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness and love. Oh Lord, would you empower us to take off those ugly sweaters and to clothe ourselves in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and with all of you today and forevermore. Amen.